0: I, I get a lot of mail. And we have mail coming in on radio, on TV, uh, and then from concierge members on BillO'Reilly.com who have direct access to me. So they can email me and ask questions or advice or, or anything, and I'll try to help them out. I get some really, really fanatical anti vaxxers who are concierge members. I mean, they are so dug in, you're never going to dig them out, ever. And, I, and I, I try to use some humor in it. I said, oh, look, we just disagree. All right. No matter what you send me from some website that says if you get the Moderna vax, you're going to be a werewolf in two years. I'm not going to consider it. Because I think it's insane. I think that the best thing for the country is 100% of the people vaccinated. Based upon what I can see and the studies that I've read, I just read one this morning. Okay. Now, if you don't trust the government, if you don't trust the medical authorities, I can't, there's no discussion then. And that's your perfect right. If you're an anti-vaxxer, they can't force you to take that vaccine. That would be terrible if they tried. And every time Biden tries any mandate, the courts block it because that's not constitutional. You have a right not to take the vax. But if everyone in America were vaxed, this COVID thing would be much less intense. OK, so now we have the Omicron variant over Thanksgiving weekend. The press scared every- the hell out of everybody. Oh! South Africa, here it comes, this giant variant coming. Well, uh, now, story's changing a little bit. Here's our best friend, Dr. Anthony Fauci. It's too
1: early to be able to determine the precise severity of disease, but inklings that we are getting, and we must remember these are still in the form of anecdotal, but hopefully in the next few weeks we'll get a much clearer picture. But it appears that with the cases that are seen, we are not
0: seeing a very severe profile of disease. Which means the dreaded Omnicon variant is like the flu. That's what it means. Now, you got to know it's Fauci. So maybe, could be, might. You know, the the guy's like Jell-O. You just can't. (laughs) What? but i got the booster on monday um but i'm telling you protection is what this is all about for you and your family okay so the surgeon general vivek murthy do we have his picture i'm the surgeon general the only reason people know the surgeon general is because he put slap the tag on cigarettes that they might kill you. So Vivek Murthy put out yesterday a public health advisory saying that children, teenagers, are being impacted by COVID in the mental health area. And then he backed it up with stats. 25% of youth experiencing depressive symptoms, 20% anxiety symptoms. It's a lot. So these kids, in the middle of the pandemic, aren't able to process it very well. Um, Attempted suicides for adolescent girls up 51% year to year. I mean, that's a crisis. Interestingly enough, for boys, only 4% up, but girls, 51%. And so the Surgeon General says, this is all COVID. Okay, I just thought I'd report that. I think it's interesting. So an Axios-Ipsos poll, you know, we don't have any confidence in that poll at all. Um, But this is the only one we have in a question like this. So in light of the news about the new Omicron variant, how likely are you, if at all, to do each of the following? Wear a mask indoors at all times in public, 62%. It's a lot. Stop dining indoors at restaurants, 33%. Stop having gatherings with friends and family outside of your household, 28%. Self-quarantine, 28. Cancel holiday travel plans, 23. Stop going into your office or place of employment, 13. Okay, so, you know, people are scared. They don't want to get COVID. And then people say to me, "Um, well, what if you had it? You know, millions of Americans had COVID. And you have antibodies after you get But nobody knows how long they last. This is the chaos that we're looking at. Two, three years from now, we'll have studies on all of this and we'll have a much more powerful vaccine like the polio vaccine that's under development now and that should do it. But now a lot of chaos. Okay, so I told you about this poll a couple of days ago, one half of young Americans, according uh, to uh, the Institute of Politics at the Kennedy School at Harvard, that's where I graduated from. Um, One half of young adults say that the American democracy is in trouble or has failed. Wow. So half the younger people don't believe that we're a functioning democracy in a positive way. So I asked my staff, get me a younger guess, but First, we have to research where he comes from. So our guest comes from Arizona State University. He is a grad student. And Arizona State University is way woke. I mean, they're whoa. They have 30 liberal student political organizations on campus, 30, ASU does, six conservative, all right? In June 2020, student government at Arizona State, Sent a school-wide email encouraging everybody to back Black Lives Matter, the communist group. Okay? Student government passed a resolution to defund the campus police. I mean, this is uh, Cornell stuff, Columbia stuff going on in Tempe, Arizona. So anyway, let's bring in Judah Waxelbaum. He is the engagement chair for the Young Republicans National Federation. So let's get on to why your peers feel American democracy is failing. What's the big reason?
1: Well, Bill, it's a bit multifaceted, but on our college campuses and in the 18 to 29 demographic, we've been hearing, you know, no justice, no peace for seemingly the majority of our lives. And let's be clear about what that kind of mantra means. It means no peace unless I get my desired outcome. We're aware of when there's instances like the Kyle Rittenhouse trial, when state troopers are getting ready for the verdict. We have grown up in a culture where the outcome of a jury of someone's peers can determine whether or not a city burns. You know, I I, hear at Arizona State University We've seen a United States Senator, Kirsten Sinema, chased into a restroom. She's a professor at ASU for simply being further right on the political
0: spectrum than socialism. All we right. Have- but there, there's got to be, I understand the incidents and the George Floyd and, and Rittenhouse. I got it but fundamentally this country is set up so that we the people can make the decisions about who we give power to at the local, state, and federal level. Now that is pretty vibrant if you follow politics at all, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I I believe in in our institutions and our system of government, but we have a younger demographic that is regularly told that the system is failing them. The same Harvard poll that we're talking about showed that the majority of 18 to 29 year olds disapprove of Congress, regardless of their political affiliations. Well, I disapprove
0: of Congress, so I'm with you. But what I don't understand is this, I think it's Trump, mm -hmm. that's what I think happened. Okay, so Donald Trump comes out of nowhere as a populist candidate, He wins the presidency, and then he has four years of controversy. And that's when you guys were, you know, 13, 14, 15, whatever, through that process. And because the press hammered the president every day, telling everybody how corrupt he was, how bad he was. Russia was doing it. It was all lies. But that's all you heard. Mm -hmm. And that's why. Now, a poll like this says half say we don't even have a democracy anymore. I think it's media slash Trump driven.
1: I completely agree, Bill. You know, I grew up through most of the Obama presidency and became a registered voter during the Trump administration. And our universities are encouraging a culture of if you're conservative, keep your head down and keep your mouth shut if you're trying to succeed academically, Socially, you know, being a conservative on a campus in this day and age makes you into a social pariah in a lot of situations.
0: Well, no doubt about it. And Arizona State University is a working class school. I mean, it's designed to give an education to, you know, kids that can't go to Princeton or whatever it may be. And it's turned so dramatically left. Who's driving that? Is that the faculty driving it or the idiot? Students, who's driving that to the left?
1: In terms of students, Bill, we're talking about a mob of dozens, not hundreds. This wouldn't be possible without faculty
0: support. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, because most kids, they don't care about politics anyway. They just go with the win, whatever is trendy. Final question for you um, You know, you guys are the future. Obviously. You know, you're getting a master's degree in public policy. You may go into politics, but whatever you do, I'm sure you're going to have, you know, some influence on Arizona, wherever you decide to live. What I see is is a younger generation that's not very well educated, that doesn't know what happened in the past. All right. And that gets locked in to certain points of view, both on the left and the right, that are unsustainable. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I mean, if you think black lives matter, Global Foundation is a worthy enterprise you're out of your blank in mind they're communist totalitarians but if you were to go and say that on Arizona State campus as you said you'd be ostracized correct
1: completely and our educational institutions are failing this country you know we've gone from teaching people how to think to teaching them what to think and the results are coming to roost
0: all right. Um, it's I, I don't know how to correct it. I think the public school system has just absolutely evaporated. Um, and, and unless you read and really take an interest, you just don't know about your country. It's a complicated process here. Anyway, we want you to uh, have a great uh, holiday season, Judah. Thanks for helping us out.
1: You as well, Bill. Thanks for having me on.
0: Okay. So I get a lot of mail about TV. All right. Now, I have weaned myself off most television because it's just moronic. I don't want to see the mass singer. All right. Or dancing with felons. I I, I just don't. I watch Blue Bloods Friday night. Excellent show. I try to watch 60 Minutes, which I've watched my whole life. I, I can't get through it anymore. Very slow now. And that's it. Sports. You know, the game on, I want to see, I'll watch it. But I'm not engaged much in television anymore. I've got to read an enormous amount to stay as smart as I am. I mean, you know, right? So anyway, I'm getting mail about TV commercials, which I never watch. As soon as the commercial goes on, it's muted. And it says, look, what happened? What happened? Um, Now every TV commercial is woke. And... Yeah, it's happening. Roll the tape. Hey, Gracie. You know how our family has daddy and mommy. And me. Yeah, that's right. Pretty soon. You're going to have a baby brother.
2: And a puppy.
3: Deal.
0: Okay, apparently that's a commercial for Cheerios. I don't know if the puppy's going to eat Cheerios. My terror dog won't. Um, but, I, you know, I watched that. I, doesn't bother me. But it apparently bothers a lot of people that this is what is being put forth. So we asked uh, Adam Goulet. Uh, he is the accuracy in media, uh, conservative news media watchdog. Wow. he works for them. And it comes to us from Ponte Vedra Beach, Florida. Very nice. Watch out for the sharks down there. Um, you know, you get a little nip. Those bull sharks, they're all, they like Ponte Vedra. Um, yeah, I mean, you got to be careful down there. Anyway, so have you heard anything? Is there a groundswell of why is this woke commercials? Why are they doing this? Have you heard anything about that?
2: You know, it's almost kind of a two-part scheme that they've been doing for years now. All of the content coming out of Hollywood is increasingly geared towards young people. It has to be safe for young people. We have to make sure that if the kid's in the room, they're not going to be offended by seeing it. But the real downside of that, aside from the fact that these kids end up being coddled, they end up being soft, the real downside of that is the kids are the most woke. So if we're going to make content that's geared towards the teenagers or the young people in this world, we're going to get the most woke content possible. Rather than individualism, they celebrate victimization. It's, it's outrageous.
0: But, uh, you know, a company like Cheerios, um, you know, you have to even look hard to figure out. What, you know, they don't even say, hey. I want a puppy and Cheerios. That might be better. But a company like that, do you feel that that company is under social pressure and
2: they want a virtue signal? Is that part of it? All of corporate America is under social pressure. It's undeniable at this point, and they're terrified of the woke crowd. Even though they realize, you know, the phrase go woke go broke is true, they're cowering in fear from the woke crowd. You see these companies like, you know, Nike, that has their shoes built in communist China where Uyghur Muslims are enslaved and they stand up to Atlanta. They don't wanna you know, have the World Series there, but they'll never stand up to the Chinese. You see all of corporate America hiring equity officers to push their radical progressive ideas within their company. American Express is spending a billion dollars pushing equity within the company. Give it five years, they're gonna be anti-American Express. It's one thing to see progressivism in Hollywood or to see it in higher education. We're now seeing it in all of corporate America. Now, I wonder if it's a
0: good sales vehicle, you know, State Farm Insurance has got this guy, he's in every commercial, African-American guy, good actor, certainly pulls it off. But I wonder if that translates into higher sales. Has anybody studied, say, five years ago uh, and when commercials were just commercials, they weren't woke, and now they are woke? Is, is it a more effective
2: tool for commerce? Well, unquestionably, we know the phrase go woke, go broke, ain't based on on nothing. Consistently, we've seen Hollywood films made in a woke style. They fail. They rebooted Ghostbusters to appease the woke crowd. That failed. They do a non woke version. It succeeds. What a surprise. The woke stuff consistently fails. But these folks are so terrified of the woke crowd in corporate America and in Hollywood. And it feels good to be praised by that woke crowd that even though they know it's gonna probably crush them with, cor- with actual profits, even though they know it'll crush their movies, they do it because they're more terrified than the woke crowd right, that so they are going bankrupt.
0: Your hypothesis is that the woke commercials aren't helping the bottom line in, in these corporations.
2: No, no, unquestionably
0: not. I'd like to see a study on it. Now, I'm a member of the Screen Actors Guild after Union, and um that's where all of the actors and the commercials come from got to be in that union and five years ago it was primarily caucasian white actors getting the roles um and now it's not now it's minorities and women getting the commercials now that's upset some people inside the union but not me i you know i say to people look for decades white actors have benefited because they were white and uh, corporations didn't want to stir up anything. So now it's, you know, it's a good opportunity for actors of color to prosper.
2: That's my point of view. Am I wrong? My point of view is let's hire, if I'm running a company or if I got an ad agency, I'm going to cast whoever's going move to the, move the most product. My goal should be to move product and boost prof, uh, bottom lines, whether the character yeah, or the actor know, is black or white or any of that.
0: It's not, it's not... Uh, the Godfather. It's a commercial. It's a 30 second spot. Anybody could do it. So it's hard to say merit when you're casting a commercial. I mean, it is really hard to do. I want to get your opinion before I let you go on CNN.
2: You're covering the story, you're following it, and what's your assessment? Well, we parked at Accuracy in Media. We parked a mobile billboard outside their uh outside CNN's office over the summer. Cuomo lied, thousands died, revoke his Emmy now. We went after them over the Chris Cuomo mess. It is an absolute disaster. And now Chris Cuomo claims that Zucker knew that he was helping Andrew Cuomo all along, it's unbelievable. These folks are activists pretending to be journalists. It's one thing for them to tell their left-wing audience what they want to hear, but to cover up stuff like this and to call yourselves actual journalists is just sickening and embarrassing. They should be ashamed of themselves.
0: So does CNN go out of business? There's a rumor they're going to get sold to a guy named John Malone. I don't know what he would do, but AT&T seems to be impotent to stop any of the chaos over there. What happens to CNN,
2: say, a year from now? They're an incredibly difficult situation because they're flanked on the left by MSNBC. If you're a hard left viewer, you're probably watching MSNBC. And if you're not a hard left viewer, you're probably watching a network like this or Fox or OAN or Newsmax. So there's so little left in the middle these days when really Americans are on one side or the other. There's so little left in the middle that there's nowhere for CNN to go. I'm not sure what they're going to do. I don't think there's a good situation for them. I think they'll exist, but
0: never again as a force in this country. Adam, thanks very much for helping us out. We really appreciate it. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the largest online nursery in the USA? With more than 10,000 plant varieties and millions of satisfied customers. I have their trees and plants at my home, and they're fantastic. Have you had your fair share of landscaping woes? and wasted weekends at crowded nurseries? Finding fast-growing trees will be like stumbling upon a hidden treasure, believe me. With fast-growing trees, it's different. From fruit trees to houseplants, they have it all delivered right to your doorstep. Plus, their plant experts are always available for advice. And here's the best part, this spring, they have up to half off on select plants and my audience can get an extra 15% off by using promo code Bill at checkout. So please go to fastgrowingtrees.com. Use promo code Bill at checkout. As you know, uh, the tour has been lied about by the hate Trump media, which is 80% of it. Um, And I was invited on uh, News Nation, which is a new, relatively new, um, cable uh, news network. And they are uh, pretty much a hard news straight up. They're not catering to any point of view. So I went on uh, Dan Abrams' program last night. I've known Abrams for a long time. Um, And he had read all the dispatches that uh, the tour wasn't drawing a lot of people, which is just an absolute lie, uh, as we went over yesterday in great detail. So I thought I'd show you something uh, that happened last night. We have two different sound bites. I think they're both very interesting. Uh, Roll the first one, please. So the Sun Sentinel sent a reporter to uh, the arena where the Florida Panthers play. The reporter didn't call me, I am producing the show. It's my production company. She could have easily had the attendance, and the gross. The gross of that show was $2 million, about 11,000 in the building. So many people, Abrams, that the Secret Service had to delay the show an hour because they couldn't get people through the doors. There were so many of them. Wait, wait, Phil, how could it, wait, wait, wait. how could it have taken
3: Secret Service extra time to fill up an arena, right? If it's an arena that seats, I think it's up to 18,000. And you they know, had to do security it is, it is,
0: on everybody. Yeah, sure. And they were, they were overwhelmed by how the people came. And so there was a line sneaking out. And the reporter was actually there and saw it. But here's the bottom line on the show. $2 million gross on one show. What politician in the world could do that? Could Barack Obama do that? Only if he was playing keyboards for the stones. No politician on earth could do a show that grosses $2 million. And that was the story that these people who hate Trump, and they do, would not report. But it's fair to
3: say he didn't sell out. We didn't sell out what?
0: It was impossible to sell it out because of the way the arena was configured. So if you have an 18,000 seat arena, but 6,000 of those seats are out of the line of sight, you can't sell them. It's a big con. The gross is what, is what matters on these shows. And nobody's gonna gross 7 million plus on four shows. No politician in the world. Why isn't that story being written? Okay, so the seats that you saw there, all right, that was taken before, before the crowd actually got into the arena. That's how, that's how dishonest this is. Now, Abrams didn't know that. That was just general B-roll that floated out from somebody. But um, I don't want to get too technical here, but if you've ever been to a uh, show that's not a musical show in an arena, The stage is up. You can't sell the tickets behind you because they can't see you. Uh, Oh, what a con. Anyway, after that, and uh, Abrams was fair, uh, I got my story out. We got into the controversy about Fox News and January 6th. Roll the tape.
3: Bill, let me ask you about something in the news. Uh, What do you make of the text between the Fox News hosts um, and Mark Meadows? that occurred on January 6th, where a lot of them were sort of imploring uh, him to do something uh, to get the president out there, to get him in the Oval Office, whatever the case may be. And then, as you know, the critics then say, well, they were, they were begging him to do something on that day, January 6th, and then shortly thereafter, they're out there suggesting this was no big deal. What do you make of it?
0: Well, I don't know about the no big deal part. Um, I didn't see that. Uh, Maybe it happened, but I don't know. So uh, a number of Fox News hosts had Mark Meadows, who was the chief of staff to Trump, his direct email. And that's not a bad thing. If you're a journalist, as you know, Dan, uh, you want to have access to the most powerful people you can. And if they are nice enough to give you their email, that's a good thing. So when all hell broke loose in the Capitol, um, they apparently... Some Fox News people and I assume other people as well um, were emailing Mr. Meadows saying, hey, what are you guys going to do? When are you going to do it? You got to get out there. This is a debacle. This is crazy. So it seems to me, I don't know whether it's over the journalistic line. I wouldn't have done it myself. I would have asked the question, say, are you guys going to make a statement? What are you going to do? Looks like things are out of control. I don't think I would have advocated. That's not what journalists do. I don't actually have a
3: problem with the Fox News hosts having reached out demanding the president do something. I have a much bigger yeah, problem with them then like going on the air to me. and trying to minimize it. That's my
0: problem. Meaning, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. good for you. You'd have to show me that soundbite. You have to show me that, you'd have to show me that soundbite before I'm going to say on, they minimize well, you anything.
3: Hey, you, you can watch Fox News almost any night in primetime. And you will hear them in some way, shape, or form either bashing the January 6th I Commission, never heard which I Hannity think is a fair. Uh, the January 6th Commission? I
0: never heard Hannity do that. I, yeah. No, well, I never heard I, Hannity. Um,
3: I, I you, diminish it's, it's a fair question as to whether Hannity. A, uh, but, but I will tell you that again and again, and it's true that Hannity has been much better about this than, for example, Tucker, um, Laura Ingram, and some others when it comes to January 6th. It's a fair defense of Hannity there. But my problem is less with the comments themselves and more with the comments later. You know, for example, what did you make of Tucker Carlson and his comments in his documentary about January
0: 6th? I'm not going to comment on that. I didn't see the documentary. I think that the Capitol riot was one of the most disgraceful displays in U.S. history. And everybody involved in that riot should pay a price. And I've said that from day one. Now, if people disagree, they have a right to disagree. But that's my posture. Okay, so now after that interview, the far left headline is, O'Reilly Slashes Fox News. O'Reilly Attacks His Former Employer. (laughs) I'm sitting here going, I mean, it is just... And you can't do anything about it. Now, Abrams conducted a fair interview. All right. I don't watch enough Fox News to know who's diminishing the uh, January 6th riot. I don't know. I simply don't. And it's possible some people are over there. Now, the January 6th commission in the House is quite something else. That's designed solely to take Donald Trump off the board so he can't run again in 2024. That's the only reason that commission exists. And you know, we already knocked out the Trump instigated the Capitol riot by our questioning in Fort Lauderdale on Saturday when the president said, hey, I asked for the National Guard to be placed there on January 5th. That knocked that out. Now, now we're back to, well, he didn't, ask fast, didn't act fast enough, which I will ask him about in Houston and Dallas this coming weekend. But the point of the matter is that it is very difficult for a person like me, all right, to get the truth out in any way, shape, or form. And even when I do, all right, tell you what I believe happened, they'll take what I said and twist it around that I'm I'm attacking Fox News, which I didn't do. Why would I do that? I mean, there are people on every single network and cable news operation that I disagree with. All right. And is Fox News a different place now than it was when I was there? Yes, it is. And everybody knows that. But that's their business. They can do what they want to do over there. All right. My business is to tell the truth. Now, I was on a Hannity radio program today and he actually thanked me, Sean did, for sticking up. But it wasn't so much sticking up. I mean, I was on Hannity's radio program shortly after January 6th, and, and I knew what he was saying. I mean, he condemned that riot like that. And subsequently, I, I don't see a lot of his shows. I mean, I can't possibly do that. But I haven't, I haven't heard him run down that, you know, say, oh, was it wasn't so bad and, and these people would justify. I haven't heard any of that from him. And, and to his credit, Abrams, it, you know, stuck up. He he said, Yeah, well, okay, maybe added into it. But see, you're never gonna get the true story unless there are certain people like me you listen to. I will tell you the truth, all right, about the situation. But it is so far out of control now. I mean I'm still going back to the big three networks on their nightly news didn't cover record breaking inflation. I just can't even wrap my mind around it. Okay, so Chris Wallace uh, leaving uh, Fox News. Uh, very abruptly, very, very abruptly. Now, people think that I have a, a, you know, insight into uh, FNC. I do not. Okay, I don't really. I have friends over there, of course. Uh, they tell me things, but I'd never repeat them. Uh, but I don't have anything to do with them. All right? It's a new management nothing to do with me. They don't like me. Uh, that's fine. I mean, they have jobs because of me, but look, uh, I don't. That's gone. However, a guy like Chris Wallace, he meant a lot as far as prestige was concerned, um, not with Fox News core viewers. They didn't like him uh, because of Trump primarily. But in the rest of the media, you know, a Chris Wallace, a Britt Hume was still there. Um, These kind of people, their prestige, you lose a Wallace, uh, that's uh, a fairly heavy blow. Now, tomorrow, Bernie Goldberg is going to be here and we'll discuss that with him. Uh, I don't do speculation. I don't do guessing. Um, I'll accumulate some information by tomorrow. Uh, But I I was when I saw that uh, on Sunday, that this was his last broadcast. I went, whoa, because usually, you know, they do an arc on that. Something happened. What happened was going to CNN. I mean, you know, (laughs) you're going to the enemy. So Brian Williams, he uh, packed it at MSNBC. I'll tell you a story. So in February 2015, Brian Williams was uh, suspended by NBC News as the anchorman of the nightly news because he embellished things uh, and said, I did this, I did that, I did this, and he didn't do it. And he was caught. So I was reporting for FNC. And to me, the story was, okay, it's a one-day story. He embellished, he embellished. You know, people do that. I don't know why. I don't care why. All right, I, I think Lester Holt is a thousand times better man than Brian Williams ever was, okay? That was an upgrade by NBC. But we uh, got a memo from uh, Fox News Management on, uh, in 2015 saying, lay off Brian Williams. And I came for Roger Ailes. He said, the guy's getting beaten to a pope. We don't need to pile on. I thought you'd want to hear that story. So Williams, he uh, wraps it up, I guess, uh, December 9th. Uh, and um, I was gonna let it go, but I, I can't let it go. Roll the tape. The truth is I'm not a liberal or a conservative. I'm an institutionalist. I believe in this place and in my love of country, I yield to no one. But the darkness on the edge of town has spread to the main roads and highways and neighborhoods. It's now at the local bar and the bowling alley, at the school board and the grocery store, and it must be acknowledged
3: and answered for.
0: What a bunch of bull. He's implying that Trump people are uh, coming, I guess, to take democracy away. This guy, on his last broadcast, uh, did not cover the uh, Jesse Smollett verdict. Neither did MSNBC from 7 in the evening to midnight. That story broke, and MSNBC blacked it out, blacked it out. Did not mention it for five hours. Williams had the last hour. Didn't mention it. So what does that tell you? NBC brass told them not to mention it. They ordered them not to report the biggest story in the country. And Williams said, okay. I'm an institutionalist. You're a phony, and he'll probably show up at CNN too. All right, my column this week on BillO'Reilly.com is about COVID and uh, how it's being used to change countries like the United States and New Zealand. We need to see what they're doing in New Zealand. So I hope you read that column um, on BillO'Reilly.com. Everything is expensive these days. You know that or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's eight seven seven four 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 gold or text GOLD to 65532. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by
3: Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's gonna get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast, Politics
0: by Faith. There are 12 U.S. cities, all led by Democrats, which are breaking the annual homicide records. They are. Philadelphia, Indianapolis, Columbus, Ohio, Louisville, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, Albuquerque, Tucson, Portland, Oregon, Rochester, Toledo, Ohio, Austin, Texas, St. Paul, Minnesota. All of those cities are breaking the homicide records. All of them are run by progressive leftists. So maybe we see a trend here. And I mean, the violence in New York City is just through the roof it's crazy and uh san francisco and la and you know they they go "Oh, oh no crime stats aren't up i say crime stats aren't up because arrests are down because they're not even arresting people who go and hurt other people and steal cars they don't even arrest them anymore for a variety of reasons california um from march 20th to september 2021 Let me be more specific. From March 2020, okay, last year, to September of this year, 2021, 38% drop in the number of new arrivals to California. Okay, so the state is not attracting, as it always has, new people coming there. It's losing more than twice as many people than it did before the pandemic because it's totally out of control. The Golden State is totally out of You cannot live there now with the pernicious taxes, with the vicious crime, with the crazy leftists running Sacramento. You move there, you're going to get hurt somehow. And that is the biggest state in the union. San Francisco is the worst for this. It's plummeted 45% in new arrivals. Okay, now I told you that the movies are done for a variety of reasons. The pandemic was, of course, the big stake through the heart. But before that, Hollywood, because of its progressive left view, generally speaking, had alienated 50 percent of the country. All right. So 50 percent of the country goes, you know, I don't like these people. I don't know. I don't like what they're doing. I don't like the woke stuff. I don't like anything about it. And then when Covid came. And the movie theaters closed and now they're open but you know so you gotta wear a mask so people aren't going to the movies we reported yesterday the james bond movie actually lost money you can believe it so now a steven spielberg film west side story a remake got glowing reviews because steven spielberg is loved in hollywood uber liberal guy uber liberal i mean i know him i don't think he's a bad guy i've always had good conversations with him especially when he made the Lincoln movie. And I think Saving Private Ryan's best war movie ever made. But anyway, West Side Story is a bomb, all right? It only grossed $11 million in its first weekend. And and you couldn't have get better reviews. You couldn't have gotten more marketing on it. And people are going, no, we're not going. And the kids aren't going to go to see West Side Story, by the way. This is an adult film. And the original, uh, has been castigated because Natalie Wood was the lead and they needed some star power in that movie back in the 60s, but she wasn't Puerto Rican. So, oh, you know, that movie horrible. This is an all Puerto Rican and, you know, appropriate ethnicity cast, but nobody's gone.
2: Hey, this is Vivek Ramaswamy. The media has systematically lied to you. Subscribe to The Truth Podcast today on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Um, Everybody's busy, but here's what I did last night, okay? Because I'm a Christmas kind of guy, a jolly old elf, all right? Accent on the old. So I made my gift list, and I try to be creative, but most people want gift cards. That's what they want, okay? Okay. Makes it easy on me, but I try to, you know, well, this person, they might like this. Then I made my card list. I actually send Christmas cards. That's dying out, but I like to do it. Then I made my uh, midnight mass accommodation at St. Patrick's Cathedral in New York City. Because you got to book that. All right. So I'll be there. My parents were married at St. Patrick's Cathedral. Then I made my food menu for Christmas week, okay? So I said, well, on, on Christmas day, we're gonna have some ham and, you know, because you want to stock it with all this crazy supply chain stuff and all of that. And finally, I wrote in nap times <laughs> for each day, you know. Uh, a little nap here, a little nap there. But the point of it, you'll get overwhelmed unless you write it down, gotta write it down. Now, you're always gonna forget stuff, but. If you have a master schedule, your holiday will be so much better. That is the final thought.